Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Been without the mic for about uh, 12 days. Great to be back in the saddle here in a beautiful Tuesday in the fine city of Chicago. Be the big dog and the coach reunited again, and hopefully it'll feel so good. Great to be back with you. A little uh, mandatory time off here. It was not A-W-L-O-A-W-O-L, as many of the reports were indicated. It was actually a legitimate vacation, and again, mandatory. Uh, I guess you would call it psychological alone time. After you've done the radio show that long. But uh, great to be back with you. A lot of Olympic thoughts on today's particular show. We'll talk a little uh, baseball trades as well. Coach of the Big Dog, two guys at a mic reunited once again. Let's listen to a little bit of music and then we'll kick this particular show off. Yes, indeed. I know there are many, many skeptics out there, many who do not go hook, line, and sinker. They didn't even go hook into the Olympic Games. Uh, So I know there's many of you out there, and feel free to uh, dial it up and try to convince me. Otherwise, we can go a little back and forth, a little rat-a-tat on there. I am officially, as it happens every four years, really every two years, I get into the Winter Olympics too, but the Summer Olympics even better, hook, lined, sinkered, fully in-depth, totally in-sync, I'm having a deep and very committed relationship with the Olympic Games over the next two weeks. And again, it's not just this year. It happens every four years. I absolutely love watching the games, the event. The only frustrating thing for me is you can't watch more of it. You know, I know they're showing all the games, you know, on the Internet or during the day. But, you know, sometimes obviously you don't have time to watch all those. And I will say NBC, I think, um, you know, people, it's easy to criticize. Easy to criticize the guys on top, the ones that are doing it. Uh, and I know people are, and certainly there are criticisms, but it's a tough job when they got to package in four hours, and it's not really four hours because it's probably two and a half hours, an hour and a half of his commercials. But they have to put the package program together in the evening of what they think are the top highlighted events from the day, and they also have to sell the product, so they have to kind of make some stars out there too, and that's the only thing that bothers me a little bit is they do try to, pick out certain stories and certain people that we tend to follow, and they are cool, but the problem with that is it takes away from some of the other athletes that are in the Olympic Games. And once again, it's gymnastics and swimming front and center. But overall, overall, I think they do a hell of a job putting it all together. Great production, and uh, Uncle Bobby Casas is like uh, just the comfortable dad in the living room talking to you, settling things down. The voice of reason just kind of leading you through it. No dramatic comments from a Bob Costas, but, uh, you know, just kind of the comfort zone. The comfort zone. Although I did dream of, about Jim Nance last night. I had a weird dream about Jim. Where is Jim Nance? Not at these games? He is not at these games. Ah, no. I miss the comforted, comforting, dulcet tones of a Jim Nance on that show. But Bob Costas is a pretty nice uh, cover-up for him. John McEnroe. How about the Mac attack? Yeah, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't and, been bad. Um, totally different personality now. It's the more yeah. subtle John McEnroe. Yeah, and then you got Al Michaels doing the early coverage. Who? Al Michaels. Oh, I thought you said Al Michaels Jr. No, no, okay. no, the Al Michaels. Okay. I was going to say, I, I, I haven't too, watched but... the early stuff. 
Yeah, during the day he's 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 in the costume. Is chair. that on regular NBC, CNBC, MSNBC, UMBC, two twenty five MB? There's so many See, NBC. Now, it's funny that you mention all that. The, the problem I have with the biggest problem I have with NBC's coverage is it is not consistent on the other networks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's, sometimes they've got stuff on CNBC and MSNBC, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they've got it on NBC Sports Network, sometimes they don't. That's really frustrating. So is there a, a listing of what days? Yeah, you got to. Well, yeah, but it's like. They've got a day-by thing up on the okay. website and everything like that, but it's kind of hard but to But you follow. can't tune in at a regular time to a regular station and expect events to be on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a legitimate complaint. Uh, our phone lines are open, waiting for the big dog to call in, but any Olympic thoughts? And we'll get to some baseball trades as well. And, David, you got to keep me updated because the, uh, the wire is changing just about every single second here as the trade deadline uh, hath come upon us here within, what, uh, 16 hours of the dreaded end of the trade deadline. But um, 888-463-6748, that's our phone number if you want to call in the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between in the Olympic Games. Feel free to give us a call, 888-463-6748, the phone number. The coach flying solo right now, expecting a call in from the big dog. Uh, we got women's gymnastics coming up tonight, I think some volleyball, and a classic basketball match as the United States takes on Tunisia. <laughs> USA, the best of the best in the NBA, taking on Tunisia. To me, the basketball, you know, I'll watch a little bit, but it's amongst the least most interesting. And when I hear Roger Federer and Serena Williams are in the Olympic tennis, eh, dud. You know, they got all their big tennis matches. They got all their big events. They got their time to shine. So I, I don't get, I know a lot of people do, I don't get into the Olympic basketball all that much, and I don't get into the Olympic tennis either, you know, the pro stars that are featured uh, throughout the year. But it is a big battle against Tunisia. Uh, as I welcome in my good partner, the big dog, who I have not, no. We go out to the phone lines and we check in. I'm sorry, it's not the big dog. It is the great Babitsky checking in. Uh, Babitsk, you got some thoughts on the Olympic Games, my friend? Coach, I do, and uh, fortunately, I have to disagree with you about the USA Tunisia. Um, what a classic battle! Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, funny, the, go ahead. Funny thing is, Tunisia is ranked 32nd in the world as of right now. I'm I'm but, worried about their one-three-one trap. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard they play a nasty two-three zone. They're ranked 32nd in the world. All right, so you're if you're the Tunisia head coach, uh, the great Babitsky. Uh, calling in, by the way, at 888-463-6748. How do you stop? What's your scouting report? What's your coaching strategy for the Tunisia team? You know, Coach, you're, you're, you're the one who's had the basketball experience in coaching here. Don't so don't, don't it, pass it, it, it off on me. If I'm the head coach of the Tunisian team, as yeah. of right now, I'm trying to create as much of a name for myself as possible, yeah. whether that's not losing by 50 points or whether that's... I wonder if punting is allowed in basketball, because that's what I do. I just kick off, punt, go into a delay game or something like that. But are you with me overall? And I got a feeling you're not. Basketball is amongst my least interested activities in the Olympic Games. I do have to disagree with you just because I root for USA basketball more than I root for whoever's playing in the NBA championship really? in, any, in, any, in any given year. See, I would, I would love to see a team upset the USA. 
I mean, I, I live in the country and I'm very proud of this fine country, but I'm also not ashamed to root against some of our athletes. I would be perfectly happy. Michael Phelps, a perfectly cool guy. I don't need to see him win any more gold medals. I, I'm happy that a guy from France or, you know, a first time winner from Germany beats a Michael Phelps. You know, that doesn't bother me. I'll root for that. So I, I'm hoping the USA gets upset. I know that's politically incorrect. I don't see that happening, though. That's, that's, well, that's, 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 in your case, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't either. If you look at, if you look at their schedule, Tunisia, Lithuania. <laughs> Argentina will be their biggest challenge, but let's yeah. be completely honest. They're not exactly a challenge. Argentina featuring one of my favorite Chicago Bulls of all time, Andres Nocioni. Is Noach yeah. playing? Noach is playing. All right. Uh, not sure what he's doing in the NBA right now, though. Uh-huh. But Very good. Mono Ginobili, good. but no, nobody's going to beat the USA team. Please. Let's hope not. Yeah. Now, the women's team, that's another, you know, the women's team is a dominant team, too. I'd love to see another country upset our women's team. Yourself as the big Sky fan that you are. What's that? Yes, you 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 being the big Sky fan that you are, you have to uh, throw a little love in for the USA national team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got USA and Tunisia. What other, uh, besides basketball, uh, Babitskin again, 888-463-6748, talking a little Olympics here. Later in the show, we'll get into some of the baseball trades. The coach back after an extended time off. I got lots of notes to get here. I'm sure I won't get to them all, but Babitskin, any other, uh, events that you've been watching? Again, it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. What has stuck out with you? Well, for me, I think I watched mostly swimming up until this point. I can't say I'm very impressed with the way Phelps has swam so far. To be completely honest with you, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big Missy, Missy Franklin fan, though. Wow, wow! Seventeen yeah. years old, she came up big. Really, yesterday was her first big test, and she uh, touched out for a gold medal. That is, I, mean, I, I was, you know, when she was up on the podium, a little teary-eyed. I was getting a little goosebumps running down my body, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, really a special moment, I guess, for not only her but her parents as well. She is, yeah, the parents are very, very cool. Up in the, I mean, see, I, a lot of people find that stuff cheesy. I love the whole stories. And when they when they show the parents, you know, after the fact, you know, either in depression watching the kid or cheering, and, you know, in total joy after the kid wins, I love that stuff. I love the raw emotion of sports. But uh, I don't, there's like 93% of me that loves Missy Franklin, but I got to admit, there's like 7% of me that is bothered by her. She's so talented. And personality-wise, she's almost a little too egracious. A little too perfect? Uh, yes, and smiling all the time and so happy. And again, I preface it by saying 93% of my uh, epidermi loves the girl. I love her. It's great to watch, but there, I have to admit there's part of me that's like, all right, something's got to depress. There's got to be something wrong with this girl. Yeah, I believe her as is. Yeah, just smiling all the time. But she, I think she's... Uh, battling for another medal tonight. Now, she barely, she had to swim two events yesterday. And in the yeah, semifinal, was, uh, she barely qualified. It was a semifinal. She snuck in at the eighth spot. Yes. About nine minutes later, she had to go off in the final. Yeah. So the, really, the, the turnaround there was just something incredible. So I don't know if she was coasting in that first event. If she was, she she cut it pretty, pretty close because she was only a few tons of a second ahead of the next competitor, yeah. but uh, she did qualify, so we'll see if she can go from the eighth seed and win it all. Yeah. Coach, the one thing I wanted to bring up to you before I embark on uh, my today's duties, um, Chicago Bulls, I know that talked a little bit about it yesterday. Are you liking the bench, bench bottom overhaul, or is it something that... It's unbelievable. 
I mean, the, you know, you got the core of the team still there. D-Row, Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson, Carlos Boozer. I don't know if you call Rip Hamilton part of the core. I but mean, you... let's, be, let's be completely honest and say that Derrick Rose is not playing until at least February. All right. In which case, you now have Captain Kirk back at the point guard. Yeah. Um, Rip, assuming he stays healthy, will play the two. And then the same thing, Dang Boozer Noah up top. Uh in terms of the bench round, though, it's just—it's just weird to me. You know, it—it's going to be neat to see how they develop, but it's just an unbelievable uh, remake of the team. Like you say, with Derrick Rose out, it's even going to be more of a remake. But Nate Robinson, Nazi Mohammed, Kirk Heinrich, Vladimir Rodmanovic, Marco well, Bellini. Why said Vlad Rodmanovic yesterday? He thought I had something stuck in my throat. Yeah, I—I I don't even know. I, I wouldn't know Rodmanovic. Uh, if he walked by me right now. But I know they picked him up. Marco Bellini, Marcus Teague, the rookie, Jimmy Butler. I mean, those guys are going to be all front and center. Seven and eight guys. Seven or eight guys didn't play with the Bulls last year. I guess that's it. You're used to it, but it's because you're a young guy. To me, it's still weird to see pro teams switch that much personnel-wise from year to year. That's true. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, though, the Bulls aren't liking Marcus Teague right now. He has not played very well in summer ball. Which guy? Teague? Marcus Teague. Yep. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because I, I was all for that pick. So hopefully he'll uh, he'll come through. I thought he was awfully good with Kentucky, but you're right. I have not heard great things coming out of the uh, NBA summer league. But Babitska, we appreciate your checking in. Where are you embarking to? What particular place of employment will you be headed? And don't well, say the I'm beach. To, uh, let's see, I'll be making my way into the city today. Ah. Running a couple errands there, and I'll be uh, I'll be up and around. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, God bless and uh, appreciate your checking in, my friend. All right, Coach. We'll talk to you later. There it is. The Babits checking in. You can, too, at 888-463-6748. Talk at some Olympic Games. i got to go back, David Olson, right from the very beginning. Because I haven't been able to, and I, I'll ask you, Dave, because I've been out of town. What was some of the reaction on the opening ceremonies? It was it was widely, widely praised. Everybody praised? Praised. Personally, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm right with you. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, because I still, I vividly remember Beijing, and this, I, in my opinion, this, it didn't hold a candle to what they did in Beijing. Well, but Beijing had its own share of ridiculousness too. But this was, this was just, I loved the opening with Daniel Craig and the Queen jumping from the plant. Thought that was good. Yeah, that was fun. The uh, a little bit of humor with uh, Mr. Bean in the running scene. I like that too. Outstanding. All right. but, all, but all the stuff with like oh, you know, the, the green fields and the industrial revolution kidding. and Kenneth Branagh walking around, it was like, what? What is this? Way know? overdone. The costumes and the whole. Pro- I'm not watching theater. We're yeah, not watching yeah, yeah, a pro- yeah, it's yeah, the it's Olympic like, Games. Yeah, Mary Poppins fighting Voldemort. You yeah. know, what? What was ridiculous. that? Completely ridiculous. And that's my guy Danny Boyle who put together. I think one of the best movies of all time. Slumdog Millionaire, uh, going back a ways a little bit, obviously. I apologize, but first day back, you got some thoughts on the uh, opening ceremonies. Again, the good, the bad, or the ugly. That's kind of our theme on today's show, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Um, here, to me, Dave, Olympic Games opening ceremonies, you want to put a little pomp and a little circumstance. but I mean, they're, they're, And it's not just not just London. It's been every year increasing and increasing and increasing. And, and they've gotten to the point. Now, when I say increasing, I'm talking about the whole theatrical production thing. 
with the swans and the dancing flowers and the light show, I think I can speak for most people at all. But enough already. We've 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 seen that act, and it's it was kind of neat at first, but it's way over the top. We've seen it for too long. Now we are ready for something different. Again, feel free to differ. Triple eight four six three six seven four. To me, it's it's the opening night of the Olympic game. Show highlights. Show highlights of great Olympic moments in days gone by. I mean, that that can jack you up and get everybody excited for it. Well, they did do that, They but they were all from the British side of things. But they actually showed the highlights of the events and stuff? Well, it was like they, they were on the big screen. They would show, like, great, they did. Mo- great moments from the Brits. Okay. Olympic past. All right. Well, I like that. I, like, I wouldn't just limit it. I would feature the host city, but I would show other things, too, to get everybody, you know, you, you can't. You see it once every four years. You can't live that stuff enough. Get everybody juiced up a little bit. Music. Music is always a great setup. Get your country's top rock bands out there, and music should always be part of it. A little bit of humor. That was beautiful. The Queen, the jumping scene. That whole bit, excellent. The Mr. Bean and the running. A little bit of humor's thrown in. Not over the top. Very well done. Well, I mean, they did get Paul McCartney out there, and you don't get bigger than Paul McCartney. Excellent. Who sounded terrible, by the way. Yes, he did. But um, Yes, he did. <laughs> And then the Arctic, I mean, then the Arctic Monkeys, which are they're a huge up and coming band. And I thought they, I thought they were phenomenal. That's good. They were phenomenal. Yeah, but, but yeah. a little bit of music in there that that is fine. And of course, the parade of athletes is outstanding. So I enjoy that. Just so basically, the only part, and to me, I, you know, I can't say I watched it from exact start to exact finish, but a good seventy percent of it was this way over the top, ridiculous theatrical stuff that's just totally. Out of control. So, you know, that's yeah, we Yeah, we DVR'd it. Yeah, it was like, yeah. okay, fast forward, fast forward, yeah. fast forward, fast forward. Yeah. If it was 5% of it, you could live with it. But we're, we're talking like 70%. The big chunk of it was the part that was over the top. So that that's hopefully in future games are going to change. I don't hold much hope out for that, but uh, we can always hope. It. And, again, from what you're saying, is it sounds like most it was from the critics it was primarily praised. How about that? Yeah, which – Kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of surprised me. All right. Waiting for the big dog to check in. Coach flying solo right now. First day back in the saddle talking the Olympic Games here. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 888-463-6748. There was plenty of good in the Olympic opening ceremony parade uh, uniform watch, which has become more and more every game. It seems like more kind of a style fashion show out there. Those of us that were watching... Uh, on the TV in our particular abode, we were kind of grading each of the uniforms from a 1 through 10, like a gymnastics-type scale. But there was plenty of the good, plenty of the bad, plenty of the ugly. I would put the United States uniforms probably in the upper end of the – nah, let's call it the lower end of the good. They were okay, but they were just a little weird. The, the berets? Oh, they were an ascot? A little odd, but not bad. Not bad. There were certainly worse. There was a long list of the ugly, no question about it. And there were some really cool ones out there, too. But uh, the games themselves, again, I, I every time they come around, uh, you know, once every four years, it happens in the winter games, too. So call it once every two years for a couple of weeks. I drop in, I fall for it, hook, line, and sinker, baseball, basketball, football, all of that, to me, to me, gets pushed to the uh, the – the backside and right up at the forefront is the Olympic game. Absolutely love watching them. And uh, I just think the, uh, you know, what's drawn me to sports right from the very beginning with me is just the, the raw emotion of the games. You know, it, 
not just the putting the ball in the basket, not just the hitting the ball out of the park, but it's the it's the uh, the passion, the emotion, the incredible highs, the incredible lows. I've said it before. Where else in life do you see adults reach those kind of emotions, the unbelievable highs where you can see otherwise somewhat calm and normal adults just go absolutely crazy in, in exalting in victory, either individually as a team. And where else in life, well, unfortunately, in some very, very sad moments, but where else in life, you know, do you see that kind of emotion on the downside, too, when the disappointment hits and dreams are crushed, again, individually and or team, the raw emotion that has what has always drawn me first and foremost into sports, and I don't think you see it anymore vividly than you do in the Olympic Games. Again, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Last night, some pretty good stuff. Some pretty good stuff when I say last night, watching the production last night. Obviously, a lot of the uh, games and activities occurred during the day, but Missy Franklin, she wins the gold medal. Michael Phelps is back at it today. He's lately, to me, Michael Phelps is yesterday's news. I'd be perfectly happy to see him. He looks like he's just there for... Yep, and that's know. that's what you get when you train for two months. Yeah. And think you, think you can coast. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? I don't even think he thinks. He, he kind of knows. Yeah, yeah, he's probably he's probably regretting it now. But yeah. I mean, he's he's eh. he's a superior athlete, and if he would have trained a couple more months, yep. he would have dominated again. But he, yep. but he but he but he half-assed it. Yeah. He can't do it at the top level. And by the way, his big match with Ryan Lochte. Now Ryan Lochte was brilliant in the medley, winning the gold medal. But then in the relay a couple of days ago, they were winning. He swam the last lap, and he got out, swam, went from gold to silver. Well, they should have, but they, they didn't he swim a race just before that, though? I don't know. I, I know th- the coach felt it was unfair because he, he's not a he's not a 100-meter sprinter. That's not his specialty, so to some extent. But you could see him feeling the pressure of that loss. And then yesterday, he dudded out again, and reading his body language when he's interviewed and watching him, he looks like his confidence is shot, so we'll see if he can come back or not. But the, the star of the future might might be feeling the pressure of the Olympic Games. At uh, any rate, let's welcome in my good partner. I've not talked to him for almost two weeks. He joins us here on the program, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing quite all right, Coach. And uh, sorry about that. I actually was coming from, I stayed out in Aurora last night. It was the first night I've been in Aurora since June and we should mention you're talking Aurora, Illinois, not, unfortunately, now a well-known city, Aurora, Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Aurora, Illinois, beautiful yep. Aurora, Illinois, the, yep. the railroad hub, Aurora, Illinois. <laughs> That's their motto, huh? Yeah, now, isn't, uh, by the way, isn't Missy Franklin from one of the Olympic athletes is from Aurora, Colorado, of course, where the tragic shooting occurred? I don't know if it's... I'm pretty Whoever sure. I, I think you're right. I think she went to high school in Aurora. Yes, that's pretty amazing. Uh, let me look that up, though. Hold on. Pretty amazing. So there's a there's a uh, town that has hit, obviously, about a low a depth as you possibly could come, and maybe Missy Franklin's giving them a little little bit of feel good. Yeah, she did go. She definitely did go to amazing. high school in Aurora, Colorado. Amazing. But uh, wow. big dog, have you had a chance to watch any of the uh, Olympic games? Nope. Hey ho. Apparently the cell phone not working that well. He got so excited about talking about Aurora, Illinois, and not Aurora, Colorado. We lost him. Hopefully we'll get the dog back. Again, now your thoughts on the Olympic Games here, 
48, and we talked about, I kind of prefaced it by saying the raw emotions of sports, and it's not seen any better than in the Olympic game. Well, the men's gymnastics competition yesterday was a absolute, visceral, veritable impersonation of what I'm talking about. You can see, Dave, I haven't lost my unique ability for the English language. By, by the way, my wife, the uh, educational doctorate, Absolutely driving her crazy is my, it seems like the older, I don't know if it's the radio show or my age or a combination of the two, but I'm, I'm enjoying more and more making up words that might make sense, but that actually have no definition. <laughs> and driving my wife absolutely cra- uh, crazy. But uh, I think we've got him back on the phone lines now. Big Dog, is that you? Yeah, it's me. What happened? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I have no idea what just happened. All right. I thought I thought maybe I said something to upset you, but uh, all right. So you've been uh, well. My question to you was: Have you had a chance with your busy schedule here in the summer to watch any of the Olympic games? No, I mean, I, like all, all I do is work, coach, nonstop. It's nothing but work. So I've watched like five minutes of the uh, of the Olympics, and it seems like every time I watch, it's sports that I could care less about. Mm. Yeah. By the way, speaking of sports, we could care less. With all due respect to their abilities, uh, we had diving competition, which was okay. But do we really need to add synchronized diving? Coach, oh, my goodness. That is one sport I definitely <laughs> cannot watch, at least comfortably. And uh, if there's ever been a sport that is populated by the alternative lifestyle, it is definitely synchronized diving. Wow. I mean, diving, you know, kind of cool. I'll watch it once every four years. Kind of cool, utmost respect for what they do. But do we really need to add synchronized diving? Was there some great need for that particular sport? But it, it's right there front and center for you, synchronized diving has been uh, featured in the beginning of the Olympic broadcast the last couple of days, Big Doug. Hey, you know how hard it is to look at both people when they're going down? You never know what messes up. I mean, it's, and plus, when somebody is off, how can you tell which one is off and yep. which one is doing it that way? I have no idea how the judges can possibly do that. And how about the outfits that they're wearing this year? Unbelievable. Are you, talk, I are you mean, talking about the synchronized divers? In particular. I mean, you know, we might as well just dive naked. I mean, the bathing suits, they always were, you know, they've gotten smaller every year. But it, what is the? there can't be a strategic point to that. Is that just a show off? Or, I mean, it's, it's out of control. And I would say the same thing. I'm not sexist about the beach volleyball players. You know, and I've had enough of Misty May Trainer and Kerry Walsh. I hope they get beaten too. But, you know, Why the. Why do you want them to lose? Yeah, I do. Why do you want them to lose? How many gold medals do they have? You care less. They are good people. They work their butts off. <laughs> and and they've never, they've never even lost a set. Look at they had success. You were against them. Uh, I, they're perfectly nice people. Kerry Walsh bothers me a little bit, but you know what? The Australian team and the Czechoslovakian team that they played the last couple of days, very nice people also, Big Dog, and I'd love to see them pull an upset and win a medal. Sorry. Yeah, well, I don't know about any of those people that they've beaten if they're, whether if they're nice or not, considering that Kerry Walsh has actually come into our studios and she did? met with us in person. What? I'm going to root for her at the Olympics. Wait so a minute. Was I there? Pretty much was that. Oh, whatever. Your memory is horrible. That girl is <laughs> as nice as possible. She came into our studio when really? we worked at the morning break. I, and I got to tell you something. I, I'm rooting for them. I can care less, Coach. I take back everything I said. I forgot about that. 
But we were talking about the bathing suits. There's no reason for them to wear those short of, of shorts on the beach volleyball field. And I say the same thing about the divers. They're just trying to throw sex into athletic competition. I don't mean to be prudish here, but to me that that's setting the women's movement back. If they're basically they're saying the only way people, not the only way, but it will encourage people to watch us if we were there, these ridiculous, practically nothing short outfits. And it's it's taking away from their athletic ability. Uh, well, whatever. Every woman's sport deals with that particular situation. Yeah. You know, it's funny as nobody cares that uh, it happens on the men's side, too. Well, you have, like, I do. Going to, well, it's. But nobody says anything about it. You uh-huh. didn't bring it up. You specifically brought up women's volleyball. I also brought up synchronized diving and the and the, the men's bathing suits. Ridiculous. That's just because it made you feel uncomfortable. Yes, it did. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but but what, what's the re? Why do they have to wear that short of bathing suit? I don't know. I was watching this thing on MSNBC, and Speedos went through a lot to produce all these brand new American mm-hmm. uh, uniforms. On every single sport, so yeah. why don't you talk to Speedo about why they're wearing a little bit well, less equipment last year? Yeah, I don't like it. I'm trying to enjoy the competition, trying to enjoy the sport, and I would imagine a lot of other people out there well, also. Sicko, just see a girl in a, no, a suit I'm sorry. When they when they wear outfits that small, at least part of your brain power is going to go that way. It's just a, a human instinct, and it's taken away from the athletic competition. I don't like it. You, you know, it, it, it's funny that you say that because. Uh, like, I do not like tall, skinny girls. To me, that's just not attractive whatsoever. I know that's what, like, what models and everybody else is like. So, like, I, I, I have never, I never even noticed what you were talking about in the Missy, whatever, in the whole Carrie Walsh thing. Misty Trainer. Okay, yeah. whatever her name is. I yeah. just remember Carrie Walsh. Yeah. Yeah, David. Well, two things. Number one, if you saw them yesterday, they were wearing long sleeves, yes, long pants. I did see that. Number two, the reason they wear those shorts is because they can move around easier. Oh, garbage. No, it's not Come garbage. On, if you're, you're running and diving in sand and everything Come like on. that, and you're unencumbered, that's why they do it. Yeah, but you, so yeah, you I see, do not need, I don't need pocketfuls of sand and all that stuff. That's, that's I, I, oh, I have to agree on. with you. Please. Because I, I, I mean, they, they they do make it look easy, but that that's a hard sport. Oh no, no, that's a com- hard hard sport. Completely agree and with the way the, they need to be all over that court. I mean, I totally disagree with if your they, first if they comment. Get, if they could get away with doing it naked and get around quicker, they'd do it. Well, I, I totally disagree with your first comment, but I will agree with your second comment. I've always said, after playing beach volleyball a little bit, the two on two beach volleyball players, big dog, are absolutely amongst the finest athletes in the Olympic Games. Yeah, they are, and, and they should be able to be able to to move and be able to explode and all that other yeah. stuff and as no. free equipment as they possibly can, uh, and have people watch it without being like, "Oh, I can't believe they're wearing bathing yes, suits." Yes, that's exactly right. So they shouldn't be wearing bathing suits. No, bathing suits fine, but not the short, 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 short bathing suit that they're wearing. I don't know why why you can't watch a, an Olympic event and not turn it into. Oh my goodness! Look at how how short the clothes. I didn't even notice. I did watch them well, play. Uh, what was I think it was? They were playing the oldest competitor in the whole sports. I think it's from Australia. Yeah, the woman's I love like thirty six. I was rooting I for Australia. I watched the whole thing. I didn't even like. I never even struck my head. Well, you're about oh, the... look how close they're they're uh, they're. Oh, whatever. You would be the in the extreme minority in that. 
And I, People the only sport that I've ever looked at, I was like, oh my goodness, get that figure skater. That girl's body is incredible. Yeah. And I, otherwise than that, that's the only sport that I can I have to say that I have to remind myself yes. it's a sport with being a freaking pervert. <laughs> I, but I guess for you, it's everyone. I believe we so, have a morning break soundbite that, uh, <laughs> with figure skating that's uh, one of your classic comments of all time, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's an Olympic sport. I just, I, it's yep. the truth. I hate when the phone rings. <laughs> yeah, all right. We I'm, got the, we, we don't need to hear the exact comment. Let's just say you're right. Every two years when we discuss the Winter Olympics, it's a little uncomfortable in your uh, enjoyment of the women's figure skating. No question. Uh, the, the Winter Olympics is still every four years, though. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> what do you think? Did you get a chance to watch the opening ceremonies, Big Dub? No, I've, I've seen like five minutes uh, of everything. I think did not get to see the opening ceremonies. One thing that I have noticed is in that little bit that I've watched and I've seen like a tiny bit of it, there's nobody in the stands because they're deciding to charge like a billion dollars for a ticket. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what you get, London. You want to, you want to, you think you're the New York Yankees? You have the best, most beautiful Olympics of all time, and so far it's been that way. Too bad nobody's there to see it. Ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's been one of the, uh, controversies that is brewing, not just in the Olympic game, but a lot of the venues. A lot of the venues, plenty of open seats, good seats still available, unfortunately. Yeah, all these people that are counting on, like, uh, selling, like, the vendors that, that have to, sell beer and stuff to everybody that shows up at the event. Well, they can't do that because nobody's at the event to buy anything. Mm, good point. Good point. Good question, too, David Olson. Do they, at the Olympic Games, is beer sold at events? Uh, goodness. Coach, it's Absolutely. an international event and the Germans are included. <laughs> I just somehow, the purity, the clean freshness of the Olympic Games does not... Doesn't seem like a drinking atmosphere, but you're saying they do. Oh uh, yeah, they're the clean and fresh because you know it's not a commercial uh, endeavor. They're mm-hmm. not trying to make money off of it. So you're yeah, telling you're me right. at the gymnastics event last night they were there was beer available at concessions. You can get whatever you wanted. The typical concessions that you would see at an English sporting event is available at the Olympic Games. Interesting. Interesting. By the way, I started to say before we got the big dog uh, re-telecommunicated back on our uh, phone lines here, I started to say, uh, you know, part of what draws me to the Olympic Games, the raw emotion, the incredible highs, incredible lows. And it was personified last night, big dog, with our male gymnastics team, our men's gymnastics team, who came in after the qualifying as the number one seed. Now, they weren't exactly the favorite because China was the favorite, but China had a rough qualifying. They were the number six seed coming in, barely qualified. But last night, last night the Americans, one after another, failure, slip, fall, mishap, and you could just see them, just see it in their faces and their body language, slowly falling apart. The Chinese team was unbelievably uh, succinct and precise in almost all of their moves, and you saw the excitement of the China team and the, and the incredible disappointment of the U.S. men's team as the final day. That That, to me, is kind of just... A microcosm, so much of what I enjoy about the Olympic, even though I was I was rooting. Thank you very much for the men's team yesterday because they were the underdogs. But uh, tough night, big dog. Tough night. They had a lot of mishaps. Yeah, they had all. You know, but it's still it's, it's, even though they had a bunch of mishaps. You know, yep. and it, it's just funny. It's like when you you see the highlights. You know, I saw the highlights immediately. All they showed 
were the four mishaps. Yep. You know, they, <laughs> and I guess that's what they think of why the reason why the, the team that was supposed to finish second or third did not medal. Mm-hmm. And then they show the four, like the Orozco kid messing up totally on the on the ball. Oh, that was embarrassing. That and then also bad. he messed up on the pommel horse. Yep. And then there's like a couple other people on the pommel horse that that messed up. And I was yeah. just like, wow, all these guys go to the Olympics. They work for four years, and their highlight on ESPN is them yep. messing up. Yep. You're right. So, not fair. Not yeah. fair. And, and you watch what they do, be it the floor exercise. I love the pommel horse. The uh, uneven bars, of course, that's for the women, not the men. But the uh, the parallel bar, I mean, it's unbelievable what they pull off. These guys are just phenomenal athletes. But you're right. When they make the slip, that's the one thing that's shown. Yeah, that, that's, that's what they show. And you can say it's fair or not fair. They know that going in. So in the 2016 mm-hmm. Olympics, if you're a male gymnast, and uh, your team does not medal, they're going to show that you messed up, not that, hey, you were a yeah. good guy and you worked your butt off for four years to make the team. Mm-hmm. And tremendously talented. I mean, it's just amazing what these guys can do. Okay, a slip here, a slip there, but just for the average yahoos like you and me who watch gymnastics only on occasion, I'm always amazed. It's just it's incredible. The rings, the strength, the floor exercise, some of the stuff they do, you know, the flips up in the air. Not off of a trampoline, not off of any kind of, uh, you know, bouncing device, but off their own bare feet. They're up in the air doing the triple flip and the landing and all that stuff. It's just, uh, I think we take it for granted, but I, I don't. I'm, I'm amazed at the athletic ability and some of the things these guys and girls can do. Oh, no, it, it, it's really, that is one of those, it is an amazing sport, Coach. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it, and that, that's what it's about is you mess up, that's what they show. Yep. I actually had a dream a couple of nights ago, uh, Big Dog, about you on the rings. You were wearing tights. You were all chalked up. And you were in, I think, the, uh, what do they call it, the chicken wing position? And your uh, posterior was facing the large side of the fans. It was just a weird vision. Not a good one, by the way. Did I eat Mexican the previous day? Oh, goodness. Fortunately, you were wearing long tights and not the short shorts. Well, fortunately for you, right? Yes. But unfortunately for me, that's why I did not win the gold. It was too cumbersome. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was trying to, you were acting like it's the 1896 Olympics and I couldn't show any ankle. Take it easy. Take it easy. 888-463-6748. Your thoughts on the Olympic Games? Go a couple of more minutes on that, and then we got to get up to date on some of the baseball trades that have been happening. Baseball expert Joel Radwanski will be joining us, but until Joel joins us, we have the big dog on the phone. Big dog, uh, any other Olympic thoughts? The uh, track and field coming up next week. Swimming, Michael Phelps, me and David Olson kind of agreeing that he is kind of everybody's past news. Would you care to disagree with that? Well, you know, I, I, I guess so, but it's it's just funny. Don't forget that he qualified. He was able to go there because he yes. went to the U.S. time trials and swam fast enough. So, yeah, yes, I guess he is everybody's news, old news, because he isn't going to win a bunch of gold medals and a bunch of other stuff, but he did qualify. That's a good point. But, you know, he should have known better. You know what he is? You know, it's one thing for somebody that's going to the Olympics and they maybe I can medal and I've, I've medaled before. And but when you are like the greatest in the history of the sport, I I, I don't see how you half-ass something and show back up. Do you know what I mean? It's like yep. Michael Jordan playing for the Wizard. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? It's just like that wasn't the right decision afterwards when you look back. Yep, good so point. So he probably maybe maybe either like Jordan could have played for the Wizards. Maybe Michael Phelps could have been awesome in 2012 uh, Olympics, but it wasn't set up and done the right way. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and you're like, mistake, very bad, rash decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, everything that you said, and, and you know, of course, you know, don't forget, he's still got a couple more events. He could still come through and get some positives. So I'm just making my analysis on what we've seen so far. It just looks like he's not all that motivated to do it. But uh, we'll see. We will see. And I think your analogy is right on. Um, women's gymnastics tonight, big dog, the team competition. U.S. coming in, I think, is the third seed. And one of the stories there, Jordan Weber. I don't know if you follow this or not. She was one of the favorites to win the all-around competition. Well, in the qualifying she did okay, but not good enough. Only the top two from each team came, so her two teammates made it. She did not. She was crushed, and now she has to overcome that disappointment and still compete for her team. But uh, hopefully you get a chance to watch tonight the women's gymnastics team competition. I thought it was the team competition that already happened the other day. And that, that, was the, was the individual. that was the qualifying for the women. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. So the, U- the U.S. did qualify, but tonight, uh, and I forget, I think it might be China again, but they got a couple teams that they're going to have to knock off. They're in the hunt, though. So it'll be a, but the, the pressure. The pressure on those people are just unbelievable, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that should be pretty incredible. I have no idea which which women are going to do well or not. I, that's, you know, that's just up in the air for me. Mm-hmm. The, the one story that has stuck out for me for the, the little bit I've seen is the 16-year-old girl from China who is faster than everybody else. Like, she set a world record the other day, and previous to this, she was just, like, yes. barely qualifying. Yes, I've, I've heard of this, a little, and now everybody's claiming steroids, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the fact that she's uh, had some guy with a with a medical suitcase you know, walking around with her, and he had a, and everybody calls him Doctor Feelgood. Has nothing to do with whether or not they think she cheated. Interesting. Very little publicity from NBC about her. At least what I've seen. Do you think that's on purpose? Because I, I just read about that story yeah. a little bit, and I was curious. So they're purposely not publicizing her. No, immediately, like you put on ESPN, and they do a five-minute expose on how did the heck did this Chinese girl go from being average to the best in yep. the world ever? And then you go on NBC, and they're like, "Oh, a little controversy in the pool. Let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to chicks with no clothes on." Okay. So. Uh, apparently, she swam the last fifty meters of the last twenty-five meters in the freestyle faster than Ryan Lochte, the men's swim. Yeah. Yes, exactly. During the same exact event, during yeah. the same exact leg. Yeah. How does uh, that girl get stronger there and then when this was by far her greatest? Uh, mm-hmm. She had never come even close to this in a regular event. Yep. It's sad, but we are in a day and age of sports. Is that, uh, well, let's go back to the 1960s of Bob Beeman, who set the jumping record by like almost two feet. If he were to yeah, do that today, they would suspect him of performance-enhancing drugs. It's kind of sad, but that's the generation yeah. we're in. Yeah, and Beatman says he doesn't even know how he did it. Did it. He's like, there was just something I just ran, I jumped as far as I could. He's like, it just all worked out. Yep. I, I, to me, that is one of the greatest world records of all time was when Beatman broke the old, uh, oh, yeah. well, I think the old when... long jump by two feet, and then it stayed the record until 
like from 1968 all the way to like 1996 before mm. it was broken. So. Yep. Yeah, well, I think when you ask most sports experts, you know, single greatest athletic feats of all time, very often listed right near, if not at the top, is the Bob Beeman jump back in 1960, what was it, 68? Yeah, it was 1968, yeah. Coach, the, yeah. the Mexico game. Yeah. All right, but uh, yeah, that is one of the stories I, I, I've i only followed a little bit, but uh, it's interesting. And she's a 16-year-old from China. Yeah. Okay. And when she was, when uh, and and the last Olympics, you know, she was going to be fine, but they were going to ban her because she was too young, like the other gymnasts. Which is still the dumbest ruling I've ever heard in the history of Olympics was to ban somebody because they were too young, and take away their gold medal. Mm -hmm. That. But they never they never proved that, right? That the I mean, there is a rule. You got to be 15, I think, or you have to turn 16 by a certain age to compete in the Olympic Games. And a big, big controversy in the last Olympic Games where a lot of the Chinese gymnasts were too young. And in gymnastics, no, they, they, they got stripped of their gold medals. They, they gave did? gold medals to the women. I didn't think so. The United States. That's how the United States won the gold medal last last time. I didn't know so the they, United States did win the gold medal. I'm almost positive that happened. When did, so, did, did they get stripped during the games, or like ex post facto? Like. Like two or three days after they had won, really, they were like, "Oh, the real cute girl was like 11 years old." I, I they, don't think that's but, right, Joel. Or was, I, it the individual, thought, was it the individual award that they stripped from the girl? Yeah, it might be the individual. I think in the team that they checked them out. We were waiting and waiting, and they said, "You know what? You know the, the you know the government provided the correct information, whatever the birth certificates, and I think they were all good." There might have been one individual, maybe David Olson looking it up. No, no, they were stripped. They were stri- the Chinese team won the bronze medal and they were stripped of it. In the bronze. They won the bronze. I'm talking yeah. about the team that won the gold. But they were stripped of their medal, though, in the in the 2008 Olympics. And now we're talking about different things because the team we're that, talking- that happened in 2000. That, that happened at the 2000 games. 2000, so, yeah. yeah. The last Olympic games, the Chinese girls that won, they 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 weren't stripped. I'm almost positive they yeah, checked. I mean, it was done with the last. Of what, what, you're, you're right, Coach. In 2000, there might have been a bronze trip from them, but yeah. in 2008, there was definitely controversy over the age of, yes. of some of the that's girls. That's why this is popping up, was, because the 2000 people were just stripped of the medals in 2010. Oh, wow. It took them 10 oh, years to go through the okay. ruling, okay? Oh, okay. And, now, and when that happened, everybody's like, well, what about 2008? They yes. were under age two. So yeah. there's still a possibility that that could happen. Interesting. You got to realize the IOC moves so slow on everything. Yeah. You know, here's, and this is like a totally unrelated subject. I've got all these people that are complaining that baseball and softball aren't in the Olympics this year. Well, they canceled them back in 2005. And this is the first games they didn't have them, but Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody remembers that they canceled them seven years ago. Yep. Oh, I I do. I, I complained about it, if you remember. Yeah, I definitely complained about. It. I think that's ridiculous. The only reason why they took women's softball out was because the U.S. dominated at it, and that was basically the reason. They're like, "Why should we have a sport when we know the U.S. is going to win?" And that's basically what they—that was the IO, uh, IOC's whatever uh, like reason. I remember right, you right, right that, and then uh, then Major League Baseball was the reason why baseball was canceled. Uh-huh. Why baseball was taken out because they wouldn't mm-hmm. they wouldn't suspend the season. I remember you complaining about that. I think it was the day we had Kerry Walsh in studio when you complained about that. It may have been. (laughs) 
Speaking of baseball, my friend, can we? I don't even have to ask you because I know the answer is going to be a yes with an affirmative. But let's switch to a little baseball action. You're the trading deadline, big dog. You're probably more up to date than I am with our beloved Chicago Cubs. Who's who's still here and who's gone? Uh, yesterday they 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 traded Reed Johnson and Paul Mahalam for a bunch of prospects, and also in another trade they traded Giovanni Soto wow. for Jack Wigan, who has a heart. He actually has a heart rate. Giovanni Soto was actually traded for somebody that has the possibility of making it to the major league. Mm, Giovanni Soto, quality guy, very good handler of pitchers, all that good stuff. But boy, he when he came up, big dog, I thought we had we we had a stud catcher for the next ten years, and he just bottom line is he couldn't hit. Well, yeah, he, in in oh eight and two thousand ten, he hit, and other than that, as yep. all the time as a Chicago Cub, he did not. Yep, he took. He did a, hit in the two. He did hit during the, the September of '07 into the playoffs too. If you remember that year, he was yes. awesome. Yeah, and he so, took yeah. a took a he took a couple hits in the off season, if I could remember. But uh, at any rate, you know, a quality guy. I hate to see him go, but I think it's the right move. Giovanni Soto. So the Cubs will have a new catcher as part of the rebuilding process. And Paul Mahal, two life, two life, Mahalam, Mahalo, Mahalam to Atlanta. Paul Mahalam is now gone. Ryan Dempster still. As of 10.49 Central Time, still a Chicago Cup. Uh, Ryan Dempster will not be a Chicago Cup at 3 p.m. today. By 3 p.m. today, he will be traded. Interesting. Interesting. Any other Cubs do you expect to be traded? Uh, I don't know about expect. I I don't expect anybody to be traded besides uh, Ryan Dempster. But if they can move Alfonso Soriano, who has the most home runs in baseball, since like around May fifteenth or so, Coach, we're not talking like a two week period. Uh-huh. It, I, I, this is if there's any time they can get rid of them, it's, it's today that they possibly can do it. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. Yep. And you know what? No matter what anybody says about the Chicago Cubs brass and the Ricketts family and all this other stuff, like people this past off season, why don't they go out and sign anybody in a free agent? Blah blah blah. Well, you know what? They're setting this team up for the future, and quite frankly, folks. They are paying the contract of Giovanni Soto just so they could get a legitimate major league prospect back in return for the Soto trade. They didn't have to do that. So they basically gave like $2 million to the Rangers just so they can get a major league prospect. Okay, think about that. Mm-hmm. And with uh, the whole Soriano thing, they've told everybody, we'll pay the remainder of his contract if you give us legitimate prospects for him. So everybody talk about how cheap the Ricketts family is. Learn a little bit something about the Chicago Cubs because they're not doing it cheap. They're mm-hmm. doing it the right way, and it's not their fault. They bought the mess of an organization that it was in when they when they took over. Mm-hmm. Good point by the big dog. Good point indeed. Now I remember um, yeah, about a month ago, Darwin Barney's name was mentioned uh, as one of the guys that's probably going to be traded. And I kept saying no, 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 no. And now all of a sudden, Darwin Barney the last month hitting the heck out of the ball. So I'm assuming. He is safe, and uh, while everything else is going on around us, Big Dog, the Cubs continue to win, which is kind yes. of interesting. Yes, and, 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 I, and I definitely wonder over the next couple of weeks what happens, especially since they lost their best pitcher so far since then, and, and now they're going to have Steve Clevenger, who, like uh, the Peter Principal that you like to bring up. Yep. Yeah, Steve Clevenger has been a very good backup catcher uh, for the Cubs so far this year. What's going to happen when he plays six days a week for the Chicago Cubs? Yeah. So that uh, I'm interested to see. And 
and and and I completely and anybody who listens to this show understands that I will give up ten wins this year for one win next year. Is what I'm what I I really don't care what their Cubs record ends up as well, long as they're as long as they're in a better shot to win in World Series yeah. in 2013. I'm going to be happy. Okay, but I still I, want them to win this year, and I'm interested you. to see what happens. Thank so, you, because I'm glad you added that last part because I'm in a little bit of a quandary. What you say is absolutely correct, but. It's bothering me during this Cub win streak that, you know, two-thirds of the articles that you read are about the rebuilding and who's going and who's trading. Meanwhile, they're, they're playing good baseball and winning good games. You know, I know they're not going to win the pennant this year. You know what? I'm enjoying the little bit I get to watch. I'm enjoying watching Cub baseball and uh, getting a lot of fun out of each and every victory. So I, yeah, I almost feel guilty but I, but doing I'm, so. But I'm not short-sighted. Yes. I'm not going to be sitting there and going to be like, but if Mulholland is one of the hottest pitchers in baseball, and what are they going to do the rest of this year? Well, they better figure out someone to replace him, and hopefully that guy can win some games. But in the whole long run, the future of the Chicago Cubs is much better with yep. them trading Paul Mulholland this year mm-hmm. than trying for a few short-sighted wins the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. They may do the Cubs need some pitching prospects, Coach. Well, I'll tell you they what. have nothing. Like, seriously, Germano, this kid uh, that started yesterday, who was a Justin Germano, who was like a bust out with the A's, somehow ends up as this is what the Cubs bring up out of their for their prospects. Like, oh no, they've got to get somebody in the future, coach. They have to somehow have to figure out a way to get pitching prospects. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what the day brings. And uh, as you're predicting, by three o'clock, things might look a little bit different. But uh, boy, Anthony Rizzo, he had the walk off homer. Uh, couple of days ago in a big Cubs victory, you got Rizzo, Barney, and Castro. That's a solid first, second, and short right there. We do need to find a third baseman, and uh, I'm still mad because I'm telling you, Tyler Colvin would have been a perfect fit on this rebuilding Chicago Cub team. I'm still yeah, mad you know, you're, you're, you know, Coach, I, 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 you're exactly right, and I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought Colvin was like, I hope he's decent, but I do know this. Even if I'm right about Tyler Colvin, that he only ends up being a good Major League Baseball yeah. player. Yeah. To trade him for Ian Stewart at this point, don't trade away guys that you know can hit 280 with, with 20 homers just for a guy that's a roll of the dice. Yeah. Because 280 with 20 homers is a pretty decent baseball and player. A, a young guy with a good attitude, I think he would have just, you know, the Cub fans would have really uh, tied into him, pardon the pun in that particular one, but uh, I, that, that was a shame. But it's... Done. Brian LaHare, I think, does have potential being that kind of player. I think the jury's still out on him. But no, no, Brian LaHare could he could be a platoon guy for the Cubs. Gives mm-hmm. you 400 at bats a year every time a right-hander is starting. You throw him out there, and you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with being a platoon player yep. on a, on a team, especially if you have great starting pitching and a bunch of guys like you just said, Rizzo, Barney, Castro, Brett Jackson, who's going to get pulled up. Any day now, Brett Jackson will be on the Cubs roster if he has not already been added to it already today. If you get all these guys around there, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we got Brian O'Hare who can't hit a left-handed pitching, but my goodness, is he a weapon against right-handers. So, mm-hmm. yes, we can build a team, and Brian O'Hare could be a piece of it. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Uh, thoughts for the big dog on the trading deadline and baseball. Baseball fans checking in uh Happy to hear from you. Give us a call. We'll get you right on. 888 The phone number after a close to two-week hiatus. Big deal. That's about the longest the two of us have been apart. But uh, great to be back on the air with you. And hopefully uh, a 
life off the air has been good for you. I did check the uh, arrest records, and I didn't see your name. And, 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 and once again, you're eight years in a row, I'm not in the arrest record. Uh, you know, I, I coach, I, we've had a real good last two weeks. I met this, this guy who's the manager of a guy by the name of Chris Maskin. Excellent. Maskin is the next great, like, rock artist in America. His music is absolutely phenomenal. He's got, like, this great, uh, following behind him, yet he has not officially been signed by a major label, but that is, it's in the works, and we might be able to announce it on Thursday when he ends up doing our, our, our radio show on Thursday. So wow. we, we've had, at least we got this going for us. We got like, uh, this guy, this guy with a cult following who, uh, who I, I've hooked up with and mm-hmm. he's going to be on the show on, on Thursday, a legitimate Beautiful. budding superstar in rock and roll music Beautiful. or whatever the heck they call it nowadays. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they call it. Beautiful. But Although, he's a guitar. Painful moment. We uh, drove through Cleveland coming back home and did not have time to stop. I've always wanted to, to uh, visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I uh, had to drive right by it. Very depressing. I, I, I want to go in October when they have a special week specifically for my guy, Chuck Berry. Oh, wow. I love wow. Chuck Berry, coach. All right, Big Dog, we'll talk tomorrow. Olympic Games, baseball trades, and more. Be good, my friend. I'll be very, very good. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Two guys in a mic.